0: Welcome again for another episode of our choose love movement podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. And I want to thank Karen Murphy. Karen is a 30 plus year veteran educator in South Kingston, Rhode Island. Karen was one of the first educators to come on board with the Choose Love movement, and of course she heard about this through her Rhode Island ambassador, Terry Lee Cafferty. And I think, Karen, you became Teacher of the Year because your involvement with Choose Love and then became the Social and Emotional Learning Coordinator for the district. So you've really been involved. Today, we're going to be talking about a really important subject, and that is coaching. Coaching and youth. It's so vitally important, obviously, we know for kids to have fun, and I think that's the number one reason that kids play sports. Do you agree with me, Karen? I do, Scarlett, and thank you again for having me.
1: Yes, coaching and being an athlete, to me, is an honor. You know, and I think that many of the skills we can give our kids through sports are the soft skills that we talk a lot about when it comes to social and emotional learning.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You're talking about character and learning to work as a group, teamwork, determination, commitment, compassion, uh, compassion. (laughs) Absolutely. Making mistakes and learning from them and moving on so resilience. All of these things to teach kids and this wonderful opportunity to do this while they're moving and yes and working together and being happy. And you are also an athlete, Karen. You were on your university's track team, correct? You want to talk a little yes, bit right. about that? Yeah. So I've been involved in I guess sports
1: since I was 11 years old, um, and I'm now 56, so I'm not afraid to say my age.
0: Very proud of it. Celebrate um, it. <laughs> <laughs> the fifties are the best. That's right. <laughs> I know personally. <laughs> so yeah, I've been in Files
1: since I was eleven. I started running for our middle school track team and I just kept running and never stopped. And, you know, up until recently I was still competing. So, you know, a part of it being an athlete this was huge for me. But even bigger it was starting in nineteen eighty three, I have been coaching. So i coach softball, I've coached cheerleaders, you know, my passion is to coach track in fields and cross country. So I've been doing that since 1984. I believe that these are the skills that our kids need
0: in order to be not just better athletes, but better people. I looked up the definition before this podcast of sportsmanship. Uh And it means fair and generous behavior or treatment of others, especially in a sports context. Right. The interesting thing is, you know, when you talk about social and emotional intelligence, it's an effort and it's something that we have to be aware of all the time and actually exert effort to do. I think people think you're either socially, emotionally intelligent or you're not. But the fact of the matter is, It takes effort to practice these skills and tools more than a program that you learn and then put away. It's a practice. And I think that bringing this sort of focus and awareness to sports is so vitally important. And one of the reasons is because if you look at the statistics in youth sports, 70% of kids quit by the age of 13. Yes.
1: And you know, I think that one of the things, and, and you know, I have my own philosophy about youth sports, we won't get into that, but
0: I think we want to get into that,
1: <laughs> actually. You know, I was thinking before about, you know, as I was growing up, and like I said, I started getting involved when I was 11. And when I was growing up, they didn't have a lot of sports for females. It was the Title line era. So we didn't have a lot as a female to be able to be into the youth sports types of things. So. I thought back to, you know, how we learned the skills of sportsmanship and compassion and courage and gratitude and all of that in our sports. It was on the playgrounds. It was in the fields. You know, all of these skills were skills that we learned when we were out there by ourselves doing it and, you know, picking teams and making sure everybody was included and dealing with the arguments that we might have had over you know, whether or not somebody was safe during wiffle ball or kickball as we were growing up. Those are the things that we did on our own. Now we have parents involved and we have coaches involved. And it doesn't start at, you know, 11 or 12. It's starting at three, four, five, and 6. I think by the time these kids are 13 years old, they've had every experience that I looked forward to as a high school athlete. And, you know, that makes me sad to know. I have to tell you, my son Baker, my youngest, was one of those kids that quit baseball at the age of 13. He mm-hmm. decided that's it for me. And now he's running, which is great. But, you know, it's still, it's sad because I know a lot of kids quit. And a lot of it has to do with not just, you know, having too much
0: of the sport, but the way in which they're coached and the pressure from their parents. Yeah, so I looked up the reasons why they quit because I couldn't believe that statistic. And the number one thing was, it's not fun. Yeah, They didn't think it was fun. They felt criticized and judged by adults. The Mm car ride home would be a lot of, not did you have fun, but you didn't win. (laughs) And the mistakes, another reason is that they don't get playing time. So they sit on the bench and they become afraid to make mistakes and they feel disrespected right and you know we as adults are responsible to create an environment right serves our kids and that helps with their social and emotional development and in order to do that i think it's really important that we have to work on our own right (laughs) right you can't give what you don't have either
1: that's right that's right And I think that's one of the reasons why we all work together to create this Champions Choose Love program was because, once again, this program is to give skills to our kids and our athletes and our team leaders or anyone who is a leader, you know, not necessarily the captain of the team, but maybe somebody who leads by example and is not necessarily the captain of the team. But by giving the kids these skills or, you know, having them go through this program, It can help them to model for not just other athletes, but I think also for their coaches. Wow. You know, it is our kids that are going to really make this movement. Yeah. Keep going forward. And, you know, once again, giving them these skills in sports can actually help to model for not just their coaches, but also their parents. You're right.
0: And I have to admit, I was involved in some athletics, even on the college level crew, actually. But afterwards, one of my dearest friends asked me to coach a cheerleading team. And so I thought it'd be really fun if Missy and I did this together. And it was interesting because she and I both saw my worst side coming out. It was so (laughs) unexpected. It was strange, right? I was like, who am I? I was picking favorites. I was like, I was back in middle or high school. I was, you know, seemingly leaving people out and I don't know. It was just, I was getting upset. and So I have a lot of compassion and understanding for coaches because in just one season, Missy had to remind me multiple times, hey, take a break. Or, hey, you're leaving some people out. Don't pick favorites. You know, things like that. Right. I couldn't believe it when she pointed that out to me and I realized that I was doing it. It's right. It's easy to do.
1: And oh, gosh, yes.
0: Yeah. And you, you have to be aware. And I'm the first to admit my mistakes. And it's only when you do that that you can grow from them. But it was so interesting to me. I did see that there was a 2014 study done by George Washington University and they had kids list the top five characteristics of a great coach. Okay, oh gosh. And number one was respect and encouragement in the game. Right. Number two was, as you said, being a positive role model. Number three was clear and consistent communication. Number four was knowledge of sport. Isn't that interesting? Like you would yeah. think that would be number one, but it was number four. And then number five is so beautiful. Someone who listens. Oh, isn't that great? It's uh, It was amazing. And, you know, I'm reading through that list and I'm thinking, isn't this also what makes a good parent? Yes.
1: yes. <laughs> you know, as you saying to all of those things, I think that too when I was competing and the way my parents were. They were always one to cheer every competitor on that I ran against, you know? And we learned how to become friends with kids that we were competing against. And that helped me to see and to build this whole respect for what and how hard everybody else worked. You know, whether you were the first runner or the last runner. And That's how I run my team now is basically, I don't care if you're the first runner or you're the last runner on my team. You are just as important, and that number one thing is that respect, piece and the listening piece, and just promoting kind, compassionate competition because we do get caught up in that scarlet. I've been caught up. In it. <laughs> you know, my daughter used to tell me when she was playing basketball that I'd have to sit in that corner and I would draw that are going to be screaming while she was playing on the court because it embarrassed her. <laughs> so I, would, I would do that, and you get caught up, and you stop. But that's one of the things that's a part of this Champions Choose Love enrichment program is becoming more aware of your own mindset and your mindset as you are in sports. And Ken Ravizov, who book heads up baseball, focuses in uses the stoplight analogy: green light, yellow light, and red light. And green light is that you're composed as an athlete, you're optimistic and confident and focused and can communicate and encourage others and the yellow light is that you're frustrated and you're questioning yourself and you have doubts and you have negative thoughts and you're making excuses and blaming other people and the red light is that you've lost control of your anger your know, anger is good in sports it helps to move you forward but losing control of your anger is not good and you know that you're apathetic or that you're hopeless and so once again the tough situations that our athletes sometimes get in that their coaches may be modeling one thing. We in the Champions Choose Love program is teaching them how to become more aware of their mindset and how to have control of the emotions that come with being an athlete. So that's part of the forgiveness lesson with the Champions Choose Love.
0: It's important, not just for students, but for coaches, because (sighs) when you understand if you're angry and you're losing control and power, you are actually working from your amygdala and you are not accessing your prefrontal cortex and your prefrontal cortex is where logic and reasoning reside so you can see how this is obviously vitally important in life so vitally important in sports you want to have logic and reasoning as you're out on the field you want to make responsible decisions but when you've allowed your emotions to hijack your prefrontal cortex, your thinking brain, Mm -hmm. then you are really just running around powerless, kind of like a
1: victim. Oh, and then you're giving your power to the other team. Oh, that's true. You know, this is sport, it is competitive. And, you know, there are a lot of athletes out there that when you think about it, this is their next step. This is their way of going to college. Look at our Olympic athletes. They basically, the thing that they are shooting for their entire life. So competition is huge. But when you lose control of your anger and you lose sight of the real reason why you're out there, then that gets in the way of your being able to compete. And that gives your power. And we talked a lot about having and keeping your own personal power. That's giving your power to the other team or that competitor. Because now you've lost control of it. And that's something
0: that we work on this enrichment program as well. That's a really good point. I just came back from a Choose Love statewide school conference with Dr. Chris Cook, the director of the Compassion, Creativity and Innovation Center. And what he talks about in most of his talks is Charles Darwin. Yes. And when we hear Charles Darwin, we think of survival of the fittest, right? Right. Which would certainly fit in sports. Yet, Charles Darwin did not conclude survival of the fittest. In fact, he concluded in his scientific research, survival of the most compassionate. We need each other for our survival. And you can translate that into teamwork as well. I mean, we need each other. You need your teammates. Yes, And you need to know how to work together. That includes compassion. And I think for too long, we've seen love and compassion as weaknesses, when in reality, they're our greatest strengths. Yes, they are. And they can be taught and they can be strengthened, just like a muscle. Yes, and you know, I've heard Dr. Chris Cook many
1: times, and in fact, I would highly recommend for any coach to read The Compassionate Achiever, any educator or parent, period but coaches should read this as well because I have to say we always have a pre-sport meeting with all of the parents and the athletes at our high school and we were having some issues with sportsmanship and with some coaching issues as well. So the director asked me to come and present before the parents and the athletes and I used a lot of information from Dr. Chris Cook's book, The Compassionate Achiever but one of the things that I focused on in the presentation was how we look at the alpha male as somebody who's really strong and competitive and, you know, a fighter, when in fact the alpha male is that courageous, compassionate individual. And when you look at who the alpha male or female actually is on a team, it's that person who takes care of their teammates. It's the true leader, the person who leads by example, who leads is maybe a vocal leader, may not be a vocal leader, but whatever is, they take care of every single one of their teammates. That's the alpha individual. That's the one thing I really kind of keyed in on with the athletes and the parents and the coaches at that presentation. And it came from his book because I think that that compassionate piece is huge in sports.
0: Yeah, I love that. You know, as I was doing my research for this podcast, One of the articles said, what is the solution for the issues in youth sports today? And they said the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do to you. And the interesting thing that Dr. Cook also brought up, I'm always learning from him. (laughs) I love traveling with him. And uh, what he was talking about was the platinum rule. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is that? I've never heard of that. I haven't either. So the golden rule is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And the platinum rule is do unto others as they would have you do to them. Oh, my word. I'm going to say it again because I had to have him repeat it. Do unto others as they would have you do unto them. So it's kind of the golden rule taken to the next level. Right,
1: right. It makes you think about
0: their feelings.
1: Right. What, what what their they needs are.
0: Exactly. Wait a minute, their what a concept. <laughs> what somebody else's needs are? Yeah. Ah. Well, so Karen, can you talk to us about what the coaching program for Choose Love looks like and what the objective is and how people can access it, and how do they use it while they're coaching?
1: Okay, so basically, this particular program, Scarlett, is for the athletes themselves. So coaches can use this to train their team leaders and, you know, to set some expectations of their team leaders. And keep in mind, just like with the Choose Love Enrichment program for educators, as a coach is going through this, they're getting it for themselves. So, you know, we didn't just write it just for the coaches, but it was mainly for the athletes and team leaders because when we were discussing about this program for athletes, we were talking about how we always expect these kids to be leaders. Like, you're the team captain, you're the leader, and you're going to bring this team together. But again, we don't give them any skills. Mm -hmm. You know, these were skills that, once again, I go back to previously, we learned when we were playing on the playgrounds without a parent around. But these kids haven't really been in situations where they're giving those skills or they're building these skills because they've always had an adult organizing
0: everything for them. That's true. And even if you're picking the kids that you think show leadership qualities, you can strengthen those qualities. You can learn how to lead. I have to tell you, first job I ever got after college
1: was I received a call from the Director of Female Athletics for the entire Interscholastic League in Rhode Island. I mean, she called me out of the blue and was like, do you have a job for next year? And I was like, no, I don't. And she goes, well, we have a job for you in East Providence High School. And I was shocked and I was like, why was Alice Sullivan calling me? And you know, she sat and she talked to me about how when I was running and a part of my team, but not just on my team, but with other athletes throughout Rhode Island, she recognized some of these qualities And basically, these are qualities that were built from my parents and from my coaches. So I tried to incorporate a lot of that stuff into this program so that, you know, these are skills that our kids are learning. So the Champions Choose Love program follows the formula that comes from Jesse's message, Nurturing, Healing, Love, which is courage and gratitude and forgiveness and compassion and action. So each of the ingredients has a lesson that goes along with it. And it takes about 20 minutes to lead the athletes through it. And there's some fun activities that go along with each of the lessons as well. One of the lessons, and I love it, for the attitude of gratitude is, what's an unsung hero? And it defines what it is. And it is that athlete that does great deeds but receives little or no recognition. And it's the kids that do the extraordinary things on the field for others without ever seeking credit for it. Oh, I love that. So it's being humble and persevering and having compassion and being selfless and having the courage to go to practice every single day and maybe not seeing any playing kind at all. So it asks them to think about teammates that they have that may be unsung heroes. So that's one of the activities. And I just think teaching that character piece is huge. I think it's
0: huge and I think it's really important that you do it in an organized and systematic way so nothing falls through the cracks. Right. These are skills and tools that are not innate within us. We are not born with them. We have to be taught them and there really ideally should be a consistent message of social emotional intelligence and teaching this throughout. So in other words, not just classrooms and schools, but homes, communities, and of course, also in sports where it's really, really important and you get to really practice this stuff.
1: Right, right. And I think each of the ingredients plays such a role in sports. I mean, courage is in every aspect of sports and you could go on with examples of that, but gratitude just being grateful and having an attitude of gratitude. And in the program, we talk about the gratitude five, which is love, labor, learn, laughter, and let go. Mm. You know, and being able to model that in sports and basically just being grateful for the opportunity to play or to be a part of a team or to be a coach I am grateful every day for my athletes. I learned so much from them, and from all of them, whether it be the number one, the best athlete on your team, or the one that's struggling to finish a mile of a two-mile race. I'm grateful for every single one of them because they all have so much to share. They bring me back to what's important, and that is just being that team player and promoting that team cohesion. and. In life, these are skills that are going to basically be reflected in your everyday lives.
0: These are essential life skills the kids are going to take with them throughout life, into their families, into their work lives. I mean, this is so vitally important. So where does forgiveness fit into coaching? Because I often say forgiveness is their favorite character value, and it just blows my mind every time they say that. But then at the same time, I understand because I practice it every day.
1: Right. And oh, yeah, you do. Well, one of the things with the forgiveness piece in the program, we talk about managing and resolving conflicts in a positive way, mm. okay? And listening to what is felt as well as what is being said and making conflict resolution the priority rather than winning or being right. Mm. Focusing on the present, not holding grudges based on past conflicts and being willing to forgive. And basically knowing when to let something go, cutting that cord that we talk about in the enrichment program. Yeah. We teach the leaders and the captains that their teammates are going to follow their lead because they are the captains. Most of the time, our captains are our seniors of a high school team. You have freshmen that are looking up to you. And that's one of the things that I used to always say to my athletes. Once again, I don't care where you fell on the team, but they are role models. They're role models and their choice that they have is to choose whether or not they're going to be a positive role model or a negative role model. Mm. You know, and they have little kids looking up to them. They have the younger generation or the kids that are in the youth sports that are looking up to these high school kids. And some of these little kids don't realize that they're high school athletes, and they could go on to be college athletes and pro athletes or Olympic athletes. They look at these high school athletes as if they are professional athletes. Mm -hmm. And these kids need to model the behavior and coaches need to understand that their behavior is modeling for not just the athletes that they're coaching but for the athletes that are younger as well.
0: And they're watching how they act and that's what they're learning more from how they're acting and behaving than from what they're saying.
1: Right, right.
0: So what is compassion in action? So one of the sayings is those who bring sunshine into
1: the lives of others cannot keep it from themselves. And we know all the scientific benefits of compassion and gratitude and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. But with compassion, this is what John Wooden once said, and he was a very famous basketball coach his quote is, your character is more important than how good you are at any sport. Your athleticism is only temporary, but your character, the type of person you are, lasts forever. Be humble, be grateful, be honest, be compassionate. So the compassionate part deals with the difference between empathy and compassion in action. And it goes into sportsmanship and team cohesion. And what are some of the factors that build team cohesion? And a lot of them have to do with being that compassionate athlete and that compassionate leader. And compassion can unite your team, okay? And working together and making sure that all of the members of the group are satisfied with what the group process and focus is, you know, all of them are there. And again, this goes back to like, you have a coach that's a bully, okay? And they're bullying your teammate, stand up. Have the courage to stand up and have some compassion for that individual that is being bullied by their coach. Because let's face it, some of our coaches can bully and it makes a huge difference on our athletes. So once again, it goes back to the sportsmanship piece, the compassion in action. And one of the examples that we use is the act of sportsmanship that was done in Western Oregon University's softball team, when one of the athletes who had never hit a home run in her whole entire career, she was a senior athlete on the softball team, and she hits a home run, the first ever in her softball career. And as she's rounding first base, she twists her knee and Mm. pulls her ACL. Yeah, and she can't get up. And the coach asks, can we get a pinch runner? And the umpire says, yes, you can. You can put a pitch runner in, but they have to stay on first base. Can't finish the home run. So two girls from the other team say to the umpire, well, what if we pick her up and bring her around the bases? Now, keep in mind, this is a championship game. You know what I mean? A championship game. The two other athletes from the other team pick her up and carry her from base to base. And allow her to touch the base so that she can make this home run. Gosh. And, you know, the other team ends up losing the game, (laughs) Scarlett. They end up losing. And basically, this became a huge, like, ESPN recognized them for their sportsmanship. This is your true sign, to me, of what sports are about, is the compassionate piece. This is incredible. Not just your teammate, but your competitor, too. I mean, let's face it, this happens even in our pro sports. Look at any football game in the NFL. You have athletes from one team going over and hugging the athletes on the other team mm-hmm. because they played college sports with this guy. Mm-hmm. That's what sports is about. You know, I have to tell you, I'm getting really emotional right now because of all these things are going through my head from when I was an athlete and the friendships that i made learned from sports. And that's where the compassion came in.
0: And it's that kind of thing. That's what sports is truly about. I feel like this could take coaching, sports, being on a team, just to the next level. You know, yes. this is this is this is what's needed. It's needed in schools and in homes and communities, but also in sports. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in one of our first schools. So the Choose Love Enrichment Program, this no cost social emotional learning program, next generation, because it's for a lifespan and all that we include above and beyond social and emotional learning. Anyway, we're in, I'm in a school and it's the third year that they've been teaching this program and I'm talking to one of the male educators and he, you know, I knew that he was also a coach and he was telling me how his coaching style is like, he's really tough on the kids and he just yells and screams and that's what he's known for. It's like the kids don't like it, but you know what? It gets things done and I don't really care. And that's just who I am. And that's what I'm known for. And he's the head coach. So he was telling me this initially, and he actually came up to me the last time I was at the school and he said, you know, this choose love thing, it's made me a better coach. It's impacted me as a person. So it's influenced my coaching. I'm softer, but more effective. And he looks at me and he goes, our team moved up a division. Right. And he goes, I think it's choose love. And I'm like, (laughs) it's definitely choose love. (laughs) I loved that. It was so awesome. And you know, of course I have to think, um, Jesse grew up on the sidelines of his big brother's soccer matches. So, JT played soccer from when he was so little, like, I don't know the exact year he started, but really, whenever he could start, he did. And he played soccer all the way through high school. And Jesse and I, of course, went to every game. And Jesse would play with the little brothers of the team. And he always wanted to play soccer. That was his goal in his little short life, was to play soccer. And... I'm happy to say that he did get to play one season with his team and he loved it. And even so, I remember one time, I forgot the time and we arrived and it was just finishing and all the kids were getting in their cars. And I remember him saying, it's okay, mom. And like, this was what he lived for. (laughs) It's okay, mom. And here's the other thing that I did. I just have to share this. I could never find his matching socks. (laughs) I could never find them it was i don't know why he had black socks that's what his team had right i he had his uniform but you know you have the special soccer socks that go over the shin guards and they were black i could never find them so (laughs) the ones that i could find every week were these yellow ones and i think they were probably jt's first socks that he ever had so they were old and worn but jesse wore these yellow socks he was the only kid with yellow socks on the whole team every single time when we had the socks. Sometimes it was just the gym guards, I hate to say, single mom. I'm just saying. Anyway, yep, uh, <laughs> anyway, you know, after Jesse died, and now I'm getting emotional. Yeah. His team wore yellows. Oh, for scratch. the for the rest of the season. Well, they they sent me a picture of all the team wearing yellow socks in jesse's honor and it was just so so beautiful yes right compassion in action i'll never forget it and uh and they won't either i know yeah i right so i i definitely wanted to share and i think that's a good way to wrap up (laughs) (laughs) i i i just i'm so excited for this Choose Love coaching program, Karen, and all of your heart and soul that went into it and how much it's going to positively impact everyone who is able to utilize it. It's on our website, Jessie Lewis, spelled J-E-S-S-E-L-E-W-I-S, and I just encourage everyone to use it. You know, we offer these programs at no cost because These skills, tools, and attitudes are so vitally important. In fact, they are the number one indicator for a child's future success. So I couldn't charge for it. (laughs) They're really valuable, but we offer them at no cost because every child deserves to have access to this information. Yes, I agree. Thank you so much, I'm so grateful. Oh, thank you so much, Karen. I love you so much. Love you too. (laughs) Thank you so much too, and I love you, Choose Love podcast audience. Please join us for our next podcast, and thanks for choosing love. Hey, 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 oh.
1: It's all part of us. We can all choose love. It'll lift you up if you let
0: it in. Let.